Inside Track on Real Estate with Ken and Yetta Decker of the Decker Team. Get the Inside Track, everything you need to know about buying and selling in the greater Ottawa area. The Inside Track on Real Estate with the Decker Team. Welcome to the Inside Track on Real Estate with the Decker Team. I'm Yetta Decker and I have one of my favorite guests. On the show with me today, Roz McLean. Welcome. Hi, Anna. Hi. And hello to everybody else that is, or every one of you that is listening and watching, or listening or watching, or maybe you're doing both. We're going to do something that we have never done before on the inside track. It is kind of exciting. And yeah, it's, it's, it's exciting. It's stretching, which actually kind of fits the whole context. So many of you know that quite a few years ago, Ken wrote a book called The Wealth Formula. And over the years, what we've realized as we've been doing workshops and facilitating sessions around building wealth, that even when we wrote the book, we recognize, and when I say we, you know that Ken actually is the only name on the book. If you're watching, you're going to see I'm holding up a copy of the book. If you're listening, you won't know I'm holding a copy of the book. And yet, Ken was the one that wrote the book, except really, let's face it, it took both of us and our whole life experience to actually create the content for the book. And when we wrote the book, so I'm going to take liberal, I'm going to take some uh, creative license here, When we wrote the book, we already knew that there was so much more to wealth than the financial aspect of it. And you know that too in your life. And one of the areas that's woven significantly through the book is the relational aspect. It's a story. It's got a storyline so that there's, you're following a family, a couple, and then a family through the whole book so that you're drawing those elements together. And then over the years, what we realized is it's so, so much more than even the relational and the financial. It also includes other core areas like your mental health. Your mental wealth is actually the word that we've been using in relation to that because it is the wealth formula, as well as physical, as well as spiritual. If you're missing any of those five elements, you probably don't have the wealth formula. Or at least you've only got a portion of the wealth formula. So as we relaunch it, it's going to be the complete wealth formula. And then one aspect will be financial. And then another aspect will be um, the others that I've mentioned. And so today's show is going to be specifically on the mental aspect. We've already talked about the other four in previous shows. And now on this one, we're going to address sort of the mental related to making your house a home. Like, how cool is that? How, do you, how does your mental wealth help create your house to become a home? And so, Roz, this is where you come in because Roz has a lot of expertise in this whole area. On different levels. On many different levels. And when we were praying about and pondering who's the right guest for each of the shows. And some of the shows, as you know, have been just Ken and I and others have had a guest. Um, I couldn't get Roz out of my mind. It was kind of like she was the only person that was possible to talk to me and to talk to you about this area. Well, you know, when I, I started to think about what you had said, I, I thought, what makes a house a home? Yeah. 
And I remember something Ian had said. He said, you know, no matter where we are, as long as you're there, Roz, I like this. As long as you're there, Roz, it's a home. And, and there are significant people in our lives, right, that it doesn't matter if we're in a room, as long as they're with us, it's a home. But I started thinking about other, other things about what makes a house a home. And I thought about the fact that that's the place where we are supposed to be most comfortable being ourselves, mm-hmm. where we can express who we are. And, and we see that in the colors on the walls and in the kind of furniture, our artwork, whether we like books, whether we're into sports, uh, whether we like having a big kitchen so we can entertain. It's re- expressed in the home. It's all expressed right there. Yeah. And I love something Roz was saying to me earlier before we went on air. We were talking about making your house a home. Because when we first buy a house, so whether you're living in a rental apartment or whether you're in your first home or whether you're in your first house, we might call it in this context, because we may not have made it a home yet, or whether you're in your last house or whether you're in one in between. Right? Whether it doesn't really matter whether you own it or whether you rent it or whether you're in your parents' home. How do you make that house that you're living in feel like your home and a home to you? And you said about a blank canvas. (laughs) Share with that. Share that. Well, sometimes I like looking at the listings on realtor.ca. It's a, a thing I do a lot because I like looking at homes. I like designing. I like designing people's lives uh, relationally, but I also like designing houses. That's kind of what I do for fun. But when I see a house that's just white, all of the walls are white and the furniture is white or just white and black and there's no punch of color, no red, no purple, no blue, I think there's no life happening in that house. You know, even if there's a flower there, like one vivid flower in the middle of a vase. To me, that suggests there's somebody living there who's expressed something particular about who they are. I love that. But if it's all just white, I'm dying to get in there and do something to it. And so a blank canvas, when we first move into a house, even if it has a canvas, and it's not a canvas that suits us, it's really a blank canvas, because we get to start over again. And so putting that Texture, that color, that furniture, that smell, all of that will create an atmosphere. I was just reading a book, Art as Therapy, and it's by Alan de Botton, and I forget the other guy who wrote it, but there's a part in it where it talks about the fact that our houses today tend to be more minimalistic in the way we decorate them, because outside the home, we are so busy, our lives are so cluttered, they're so complicated, that at home, we need a place that has less clutter, that doesn't have too much responsibility, because there's so much of that happening outside of the house, that inside of the house, there has to be a certain kind of order. But when people don't have as much going on outside their houses, that sometimes inside their house, They need more color or texture or wallpaper or big furniture to embrace them or comfort them um, in a different way than someone who has a really busy life outside of it. I thought it was an interesting concept, and I wondered whether actually when you see houses, because you see a lot of houses, whether that's true. 
whether you see that in the in the different styles of poems you see. Yeah. So when Roz first said it to me before, again before we got on air, I thought that's not true for me. That doesn't apply to my <laughs> to my situation. No. No. And yet, as we explored it a little bit further, it actually was applicable. So my home is um, got a fair bit of color in it, and yet. I don't do well if there's stuff sitting on the counters or if there's things, the pillows aren't put, they don't have to be precise, precise, but they need to be standing upright, not laying down, and certainly not on the floor after the grandkids have been over and created forts out of them. Uh, they need to be put back. And so they've learned to fold up the blankets, even in the theater room, and put them on the armrest. I mean, there can be blankets, there can be coziness, and yet it has to be orderly. Otherwise, I feel probably out of control, even though I didn't want to admit that. And so I've seen that now that Roz is saying, do you see it in other people's homes? Yeah, I've seen it in many people's homes where they're in their atmosphere in their life, in their house, is very different than what you might perceive their day-to-day to be like, or in fact, what their day-to-day is like. And that would, I'd have to say, be very true for me. My day-to-day life is very full. Um, I don't tend to use the word busy because it brings up lots of things that don't support me and probably don't support those that I serve because I like to be totally present when I'm with somebody. If I'm busy, how can I be totally present? So totally present in the moment means I'm not busy. And yes, there are 10, 20, 30, maybe 100 items on the list waiting to be taken care of. And so having my home orderly is really important. But you know, you said something really important to me. When we have children, we need to have a space where they're allowed to make a mess because that's how they learn how to express themselves and to create. Yes, we need to restore order afterwards, but it's important that they can make a mess. And children who aren't allowed to make a mess don't always develop the same way. And I know I've seen your grandkids playing with Legos. I couldn't believe all of the pieces of Lego everywhere, but they were having a great time. But then you restore order, and then everything's where you need it in order to make a mess again. Exactly. Well, that's how we make a meal, isn't it? When we entertain, we entertain. We have to make a meal. You get out the chopping block, and you've got a pile of food here, and you've got something happening on the stove or on the barbecue. or Yeah. But then after, you clean up. Right. And as we were chatting about this, we were getting that there's an aspect of our mental well-being, and even using the word mental can have very negative connotations, and it did for me. We struggled and agonized over, is that the word we use in the Complete Wealth Formula as one of the five core areas? And after probably close to a year percolating on it, I came back to where we'd started. Because we'd started with the word mental, and I'd replaced it with all kinds of things. And at the end of the day, felt compelled that it had to go back in. Except let's re, with the con, with the intention and desire to rewrite that it's not just about negative mental health. It's about mental wealth. And how do I get mental wealth from my brain and from my being? Not just chaos or the negative side of mental, the mental aspect. So how do you, and you said, yeah, okay, now I can start to buy into it, because Roz also didn't appreciate the word mental. And so 
how did that shift for you? Well, I think that there's a psychological and, a, and an emotional component. And as long as you're defining it in terms of it being a healthy thing, um, then you can work with it. So what, what creates uh, an environment where your mind and your emotions are allowed to live in a healthy way? And um, what does that look like? You know, we, we were talking about hoarding earlier. And when people get crowded in their space, sometimes hoarding is about holding on to memories and holding on to things that we haven't resolved. We can't get rid of them. And it clutters not just the home, but it clutters our being. It clutters our mind. And it's hard to let go of things. And I yet and knows I've been uh, fixing my house up. And in the process of fixing my house up, my mother died a couple of years ago, and I happened to get her wedding portrait. I don't know why I got it, but it was sitting on the floor, and it didn't have a home in my home. And I thought, I can't throw my mother out. That's kind of a metaphor. I can't throw my mother out. I've lost her uh, for the time being, but I can't throw my mother out and actually, in the process of decorating, I actually have a place now for my mother. I have a walk-in closet. And my mother's right there, dressed beautifully in her wedding gown. And she greets me in the morning as I go to pick my outfit. But I couldn't throw my mother out. But I, I um, thought about the men and women sometimes who can't throw things out. Mm. And there are some things that we need to be able to let go of in order to create an order. Yeah. But there are some things that we need. Like, you have things at your house that have meaning. That's what is part of having a home, is having like your peacock feathers. Yeah, like my peacock feathers. That, that they mean something to you. So you, you put them in a place where you can see them, where you can enjoy them, enjoy the color, enjoy the texture, enjoy the meaning they bring. It's like photographs, family photographs, or, or things that we've brought home from vacations, hmm? that they have meaning, so we, we hold them. And they create the atmosphere in our home. Right, they actually, and the atmosphere in our home then impacts our mental wealth. It actually, they work together. If I come into a room, and you've probably experienced this too, if you come into a room where it's dim lit and it's dark and it's drab and it's dreary, even a day that's dreary outside, the mental state that you have is probably not as elevated, not as joyful as it would be on a nice sunny day or a room that's more picturesque or a room that's got something in it that kind of captivates the attention versus something that's just completely blank. So the atmosphere in our home actually helps create the home rather than it just being a house. And what, and what are some of the things that bring atmosphere into our home? Sound. I can't have too much water um, in my house, I like the sound of water. I have a pond outside, so when I want to hear that sound, I go outside to the pond. But inside the house, if I have water going too much, I would spend too much time in the bathroom. I can't have a lot of a water sound happening. <laughs> i got to share a quick story. What's the that? other day, I was in my home because we have turned our house into a home. And when we first bought it, it was clearly a house. And many people that came over when they saw it, they said, this is not you. I don't get it. And I said, just wait. Just, I have an imagination. 
I've got an idea of what I wanted to feel, look, smell, and be like, and it's going to take getting rid of some walls, and it's going to take changing every paint color in the house, and it's going to be taking down lots of decorative finishes above the doors, and it's going to get, it's going to be pretty intense, and it's going to add some texture. Interesting that it had to add texture. And so as we did that, we did turn our house into a home and I was cooking in the kitchen. One of the things that not necessarily I love to do, one of the things that I get to do a whole lot because the family's big and there's lots of company and we live in our house. And in the process, I've learned um, the power, the impact of steam a lot over the last month or so. Because on two occasions, once I managed to get second degree burns out of a steam and another time I got first degree burns. And so I ran to the water after I put my finger in my mouth, which I know does not make any sense. Anyway, do it anyway. So I run over to the water tap and I get it under cold water after the family members yell at me to get some cold on it. So I get some cold on it. And then I'm standing there in agony because I got to go to the bathroom now because the water's running. <laughs> if the water's running, it means you got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> so they did have a good giggle, and I did make a mess, and I didn't really make it, and it's probably way more information than you need. However, water... It's a porn part. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy. It really matters. And it's, a, and it's a big... So the sounds in your house, so whether it's water or background music, um, I never wanted to get my grandchildren drums because I knew if they had drums that there would be a sound in the house that maybe I wouldn't appreciate as much. But, you know, when they come over, they want to play the piano. They want to play the hand drums. They, they want to make a sound because the sound fills the space. Right. So what kind of sound do you have in your house? What kind of color? What kind of fragrance do you have in your house? Huge. Fragrance is one of those other aspects that I think we don't always recognize the impact. Even when somebody is out looking at house to turn it into a home the number of times I have somebody walk in the front door and then walk out the front door because they've seen enough it actually wasn't that they saw anything it was that they smelt something and as much as that could have been changed quite easily well or maybe not easily it could have been changed it's already been such a register so in terms of our mental wealth the smells in our house would totally change the experience we have in our house and therefore turn it into a home. It impacts the senses. Yeah. We also talked quite a bit about joy. Yeah. And how can you create joy in your house? How would you do that? joy? What would be an example of how you have created joy to create a home? Do you know, when I think of joy... I go back to my family of origin, the times that we sat around the dining room table together and laughed. Mm. That there was something about being with people, and I liked elephant jokes, so I would tell elephant jokes, and they were never funny. And they still aren't funny. But whenever I tell them, everybody laughs because they know it's not funny. It shouldn't be funny. But it becomes hysterically funny because I keep saying one joke after another that isn't funny. I know it doesn't make sense. No, but, it does make sense. It makes but there's me something laugh. they know me, and when I say those jokes, they go, "Oh, here she goes again!" Right? This is part of of who we know each other to be, and we share it around a table, or we share it outside on the deck, or we share it, you know, playing a, a game of horseshoes in the backyard. Like 
it's the times when, for me, joy comes when times when we're together and we're sharing something, cooking a meal together, or my grandson and I going down to the basement and painting together. That's really fun. He had his green period. I didn't watch him for five minutes when I was painting a canvas, and he was painting a canvas, and his whole canvas was green. It was his favorite color, and he had layers of green. I had given him three or four different colors, but it was all green. That's, fun. That's the fun. Yeah, that is the fun. You know, what, and having a, the other thing is having a, a space that I can have for myself, a retreat. A retreat, because that changes our mental well-being so much. If I have somewhere I can go just to be me, and I may choose to invite somebody into that space, and often I won't. It's just my space. So what are some of your favorite spaces? Because maybe as we share our favorite spaces and how we've created them to be helpful and beneficial and create great mental well-being and joy in our lives, that you'll get an idea and you'll want to do the same thing. Because maybe you've never thought about it. I know that our bedroom, the master bedroom, is often the room that is neglected the most. It becomes the catch-all. And for the first 15 years of my marriage, it was. It was the catch-all for everything. And we've now disciplined ourselves. And it's a discipline to recognize that that's probably one of our sacred spaces. That's a space of quiet. That's a space of soft music. That's a space of lovely fragrance. That's a space of togetherness. There's no TV in there. There's, there is a radio because that's our alarm clock and it's far, far away and it has a CD player so we can choose the music that's in there. Diffuser on the nightstand, like all very strategic. You can't have too much in there because it'll knock over things. You'll make a mess. In fact, just a couple weekends ago, I had those great grandbabies over again, and they know that that's a sacred space, except in that sacred space, there are a lot of pillows. And they'd had a sleepover, and all three, well, three of the little ones slept over, and they all wanted to sleep in our room. I know, not my favorite gig. However, it was their favorite gig, so we decided to do it. So we lined up mattresses on the foot of the bed, so they had like an oversized king bed, and they all <laughs> lay down there and had a great night's sleep which meant they had mattresses, they had an abundance of pillows, because we already have an abundance of pillow, lots of extra blankets. So guess what's waiting to happen once we all go downstairs in the morning, have a great breakfast that they help grandpa make. Now they're ready to sneak upstairs and make forts. Except I do have a glass vase from my wedding. Well, actually, let's say I did have a glass vase from my wedding. Because all of a sudden, one of the sweet little ones came downstairs and said, need your help. And it was shattered everywhere. Fortunately, I didn't melt down too much. Just a little. My daughter handled it well. We were all there. We put it all back together again. And even those little mishaps mentally can have a big impact on us. And so taking that a little bit in stride helped because I had a great atmosphere of people in the house to help me. I'm finding I'm in an interesting season because when um, you think about um, family being gone and maybe downsizing, there's a time when you have to let go of things and decide what's really important. What is it that you want to have and what is it you can let go of or, or pass on to children or whatever. 
And it, it really makes you consider what's significant in your life. And sometimes the grandbabies handle it for you. Sometimes they <laughs> handle it for you. I have a really hard time letting go of my books. I do too. They're a significant part of my life. Mm-hmm. But maybe I can take a picture of some things. Or for my journals, maybe I can take a picture and have it on my iPad instead of having a hard copy of something. The journals, now those are hard to get rid of. Ugh. The journals, the paintings. Yeah. But it's the memories. It's the memories we want to keep. Right. And so creating joy in our lives is often done by the memories we create. And having the right environment to do it in, the right atmosphere, makes it just all kind of fit together. So if you're going to design a place for yourself, what would it look like? Would it have books? Would it be blue, pink, orange? What color would it be? What sounds would be there? What textures would be there? What would be soothing? Or do you need something to liven you up? Maybe you need a bright red to give you energy in the morning or an orange to motivate you to create something. Maybe. So what would that look like for you? What could you create that just increases the joy in your being, that elevates your mental wealth, that you can take out not only into your family, take out into the rest of the world? Because how you start in your house, this is such an important aspect of it for me, for sure. How I start in my house has this And if I started as a house instead of a home, I've messed myself up already. So as I launch into the day from my home, that totally allows me to take on a different day in the world. Do you ever find that? Yes. If I've had my cup of coffee and I have had my breakfast and everything's put away, then I'm ready to face the day. But if I've left chaos behind... It's still there when I come home. Nobody else looked after it for me. They don't in my house either or my home. So if you're thinking you've missed some of the previous shows and you want to get a little more information on the relational, the physical, the spiritual, or the financial, you can go back. They are archived at chri.ca as well as deckerteam.com. There's podcasts. There's videos. And then our next show coming up will be the summary of all of them put together, which Hopefully, we'll add some significant value in just bringing it all together. And so, we talked about joy a little bit, atmosphere a little bit. And there's three other aspects of the whole mental wealth picture, which we'll share in upcoming uh, clubs and sessions and other material that we'll be uh, creating. Yeah. And, oh, cannot forget, if you're looking for a home that has significant atmosphere, that and, and just a real pull that already is feeling like a home. Roz actually has one that we're in the process <laughs> of um, helping her sell. So if you're looking for something really interesting in the Glebe, best location in town, close to everything, you've got a great atmosphere outside your door as well as inside your door, um, connect with me. And I will introduce you to an amazing space to call home. So, Roz, any parting thoughts in relation to joy and atmosphere and our mental wealth that we want to leave so that people can take that into their day? I think it's really important to give yourself permission to take time to think about how you want to design your life and what would bring you comfort and what would create a, 
a space that reflects in a special way who you are and who you are as a family, that your house becomes a home when you take the time to add something new and to make it a welcoming and comfortable space. And if you need some help to do that, guess what Roz does for a living? Connect. And we'll make sure her number is on, available to you, her website, just access to her. She's an amazing um, life designer and can help you pull it all together if you need a little bit of you know. Thanks for joining us. What you want to do? What man is showing you?